Welcome. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to Gaining Christ Audio. In our world today and throughout history, there are a number of talented, intelligent, athletic, artistic, successful, powerful, and highly ranked people who impress and capture the admiration and praise of many. In this podcast, we will evaluate the most talented, powerful, impressive, and highest-ranked person in the entire universe and all eternity, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's begin with a few questions. Who is Jesus Christ? How do you describe Jesus Christ? What is his influence throughout time, throughout eternity, upon our world, the events in our world, and the entire universe? How powerful, how significant, how impressive is the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, how you answer these questions depends on who you are and what you've learned and what you believe, of course. If you are not a believer in Christ Jesus, you are not spiritually reborn, and you're not a Christian, then you may think that Jesus is absolutely nothing. He's not even a real entity. Or perhaps he's simply some phony religious ideal that someone made up to make a group of people feel better about themselves. Or maybe you actually think that he's a real person, but he's only a prophet or a good teacher or a moral example for you and others to follow. But he's not a savior. He's not the way to God. He's not God's way of salvation. Because you think that there's many ways to God and there's many ways to eternal life and Jesus Christ just happens to be one of them. Or maybe you believe that Jesus Christ is the way to God, the way to God, and he did die on a cross and rose from the dead, but you're not yet trusting in him because you think that your good works contribute to your eternal life with God and you earn the grace of Jesus by doing good religious works, and it's a combination of Jesus plus your religious commitments that in the end may yield you eternal life with God. Well, if you believe any of these things, it is likely because you are unaware of the actual truth of Christ Jesus from the Bible, or you, act, you may not even want to believe the truth of Jesus from the Bible, or you've been taught something by a teacher or religious leader that is intentionally untrue because our world is saturated with false teachers, as you may know. If you are a genuine believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, praise the Lord, then you know that Jesus Christ is God the Son Eternal, who entered into humanity 2,000 years ago to become God's given Savior for, more, for mankind. 
And he is the way and the only way to eternal life with God. And he's the Alpha and the Omega and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the salvation of God and the righteousness of God. And that the entire Bible ultimately speaks about him, the Old Testament and the New. And that he is the bread of life and he is the light of the world and he is the good, fantastic shepherd. And he is the resurrection and the life and the way and the truth and the life. And that all things exist through him. And hopefully you're learning and that he is the epicenter of all eternity. And he is the cause of all life. And he is absolutely the most significant, impressive, powerful, and praiseworthy person or entity in the entire universe and all eternity. And you know this because of the experience you've had with Christ in your life personally, where you've gone from a spiritually dead sinner, confused on the purpose of life, not knowing God personally, maybe you're following some religious formula, not knowing the way of peace with God, and Christ Jesus through the gospel entered your life and you were spiritually reborn by God's grace and you are now a new creation in Christ. With spiritual life, the power of God living in you, with your eyes open to the truth of eternity and the truth of God, now living with confidence and hope, in eternity, knowing that one day, absolutely, you will spend eternity with God in the kingdom of heaven because of the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're further convinced of these truths of Jesus as you look out into the world and you see other people and what God has done through them and you look at creation itself. And then, of course, you have God's word, the Bible, which testifies to the truth of Jesus in great detail. The Old Covenant Scriptures, the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi, 39 letters written by men that God appointed, and God through the Holy Spirit guided them to write what he wrote, as the Bible itself testifies that no prophecy was ever generated by the will of man or a person, but men spoke as they were guided by the Spirit of God. And then the New Testament, the New Covenant Scriptures, Matthew through Revelation, which is the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and the power of God moving forward, affecting and empowering your life, all put together, God speaking and telling the truth as you grow in the knowledge and the truth of Christ Jesus. And it is this beautiful word of God, the Bible, that anyone should use to learn truth of God that we will use today to show us the significance, power, impressiveness of Christ Jesus, the Son of God. And we will look at a passage in the New Testament in Colossians, which will show us the true identity to the Son of God the work or the power of the Son of God, and the current position or rank of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Like a resume, where if you get a resume or send a resume, it has the identity of the individual, 
and the work experience of the individual and the current position of that individual. And then someone will read this resume and evaluate and respond accordingly. So using Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, as a resume, we will see the identity, power, and position of Christ Jesus so that we, you, can evaluate what you should do as a result of who this one actually is. Because whether you're a believer or not, it is imperative that we know the truth of Christ Jesus so that you as a believer can know who your Lord truly is and to know how trustworthy, reliable, and powerful he is for your life and your work and your confidence and hope in him. And if you're not a believer, not yet convinced that Jesus Christ is worth believing in, at least you'll know who and what you're dealing with or not yet dealing with. And I'll tell you this, and friend, and love my friend, if you do not come to him now, you do not want to deal with him later. So not only will you see the supremacy of Christ Jesus, but you'll see the beautiful grace and mercy of Christ Jesus in this passage. So Colossians 1, 15 through 20, here's what Paul wrote. He, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn or supreme one over all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might be preeminent. For God was pleased for all his fullness to dwell in him, and through him Christ to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace through the blood of his cross. Who is Jesus Christ, the Son of God? What is his true identity? Well, the Bible makes it clear, and this passage makes it clear for us. Some, maybe yourself, think that Jesus, as a real person, was a good man who loved people, who was a teacher or in a prophet, maybe a philosopher. But hopefully you know, and we just heard, that Christ Jesus is far more than just a good man, teacher, and prophet. Because as Paul writes, he is the image of the invisible God, meaning that he, in human flesh, When God the Son departed heaven 2,000 years ago and entered into humanity, as a man, he is the visible and living manifestation of God himself. Verse 19, for God was pleased for all of his fullness to dwell in him. That man named Jesus, salvation of Yahweh in Hebrew, was God in human flesh. One man, 
with two natures within him mysteriously, a divine nature, God, and a human nature. In Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Paul would write in Philippians 2, verse 6, that Christ is the very form or nature God, and he is equal to God the Father. Jesus' good friend John, John chapter 1 writes, In the beginning was the Word, Logos, codename for the Son, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and the Word became flesh. That man, Jesus Christ, who was not always in flesh as God the Son, 2,000 years ago, God the Son became a human being, and he is God. And as man, God the Son, the Lord Jesus, he is equal to God the Father. He is not the He is not God the Father, and He is not God the Holy Spirit. He's the second person of the Trinity, but He is divine. He is eternal. He is holy. He's of the same nature, essence, and He's equal. Verse 17, He is before all things. That means He pre-exists anything that exists or was created. He is eternal. Only God is eternal. And the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are eternal. And it's God the Son who became a person named Jesus Christ. That's why he's also called Emmanuel by the prophet Isaiah, which means God with us. Some people get tripped up on Paul's phrase in verse 15 where he writes, He is the firstborn over all creation. And people want to literally say that Jesus is the first one born over all creation, as if he is the first created being. And there's some religions and false prophecies that make a wicked mess over that total heresy. The word firstborn here, prototokos in the Greek, does not mean first one born as in chronology. It means first in rank over all creation. He is first in rank over all creation. He's not a created being. It's not that God and his wife in heaven, as some teach, this is so sick, came together and created Jesus. And some even add that Jesus had a brother, the second creation named Lucifer. Or others teach that he's simply an angel. He's not God. He's an angel. He was the first created angel. Jesus is not a created being, although he did come to earth in human form, God the Son. He's not an angel. Angels worship Jesus. He's not the first angel. He is before angels in all creation. He is God the Son who came in human flesh. And he's 100% God, and he was 100% man, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is his identity. Who is Christ Jesus? He's the Son of God eternal, who came down from heaven and departed his glory and privileges there to become a little baby and live his life in this world to do great things for God and great things for humanity, which we'll see here in a moment. 
So let's look at the work or the power of the Son of God. You want significance? We often look at people with power and influence as as, as being significant, and we marvel and we, we praise these people. Well, here's the one that deserves all the praise, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as Paul writes in verse 16 in this beautiful passage, by him all things were created. What does this mean? Is this true? What did God the Son create? According to the Bible, all things, all things, such as every single atom and every electron and neutron and all the elements and the compounds that make up all matter, all water, all air, everything, light, which is an illuminating proton which travels at a speed of 670 million miles per hour. The Earth, our solar system, the Milky Way galaxy, the entire universe, which is full of a hundred billion to a trillion galaxies. That is estimated to be almost 100 billion light years in size. In one year, light travels six trillion miles. Our universe is six trillion, 100 billion miles and expanding. All plants, trees, the grass, photosynthesis, flowers, the birds, the fish, Freshwater, saltwater, land animals, dinosaurs, doggies, wild dogs, Labrador dogs, pet dogs, the human body. The first man, Adam, made out of dirt, had all the components, parts, and functionality as your body does today. A nervous system, a brain, digestive system, cardiovascular system. He had vision, he could hear, he could smell, he could touch, he could think, he was psychological, he was relational, he had balance, he felt pain, emotions, the same, all created by God. We live in a world that unfortunately wants to teach because of the heresies and the deception from Satan himself that this universe somehow created itself. That out of nothing exploded this gigantic universe and all the galaxies. And then millions of years later, water got into the earth, chemicals got into the water supply of the earth, and then just generated life that turned into you and me. The Bible is clear. The first sentence of the Bible states, in the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. The entire stars and sky above testifies to the glory of God, Psalm 19.1. Not the glory of evolution, not the glory of Big Bang, and according to the Bible specifically, all created by God the Son. This is often shocking to people, but literally, He created it all. John writes this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made by Him, 
and without anything, there is nothing made that he has made. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, through the Son, God made the universe. Verse 10, about the Son, God says, specifically God the Father, you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. God the Father, through the Bible, testifies that it is God the Son who is the creator of all things. How did he do it? Well, according to the Bible, before he was a man and whatever spiritual composition and state he was in, as God the Son, he spoke it. And literally, out of nothing, he created all matter that exists and systematically put it together. And his hands scooped the dirt and made the first man. Did you know that? I did not know this many years ago, and it blew my mind when I came to realize that God the Son is the creator of all things. Very intentional, systematic, complex universe operating and and determined by the power of God the Son. And the human body and the DNA genetic code and all of its complexities and functionality, all created by the power of of God the Son. You are not a byproduct of some evolutionary dirt, organic, just germination of random stuff into you. You are deliberately, intentionally made by God, specifically God the Son in the image of God. And not only all created matter we can see in biological life that's on our earth, but also things that are invisible and things in the heavens as angels and spiritual creatures. He created all of the angels and all of the spiritual creatures. Even those angels that started out good and turned against God like Satan and fallen angels, they all were originally created by him and all of the good angels that worship God and protect us in this world. Angels worship him. He created angels. He is not an angel. He is God the Son, the creator of all things. But there's more, more impressiveness, power, and significance to the Son of God, as not only is God the Son the creator of all things, but as the Bible says, he is the holder of all things. In him, all things hold together. Or consist. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 The Son upholds the universe by the power of His Word. What does this mean? Well, as much as we can understand this super powerful mystery, which is beyond our comprehension, as the Bible says, is that, that God's power is far more uh, able to do things that we cannot even imagine. Christ Jesus, God the Son, commands by his word for the universe and all matter and things to operate the way they do. This is why, as a human, during his ministry life, before he was crucified, he could tell a storm to stop and be quiet. And the Sea of Galilee was completely still. And he told the dead person to come out of the grave. And he told a paralytic to get up and walk home. And he made a blind guy see like that. And he made a large school of fish swim into a net to be caught. And he made lepers healed. And he did whatever he wanted. 
And he's the reason why right now, as we're, you're listening to this, you're on planet Earth, which is spinning on its axis at a thousand miles per hour in a one day rotation, ripping through space due to the gravity of our sun at 67,000 miles per hour every year on the same orbit tilted in such a direction to create seasons throughout the year for every hemisphere which we need and all the functionality of that as our solar system is traveling through the milky way galaxy at a speed of 500,000 miles per hour and our galaxy the milky way is apparently traveling through the entire universe at a speed of over 1 million miles per hour and how everything operates and functions the way it does including your heart and your body what makes your heart pump blood when you're asleep what charges that as paul says in his sermon in athens in acts 17:28 in him, we live and move and have our being. The Son of God controls it all by the power of his word. How impressive is that? Yet even more impressive than the Son's power in creation and his power to dictate and sovereignly control all things is the Son's power of salvation. This is the shock to the world. And this may be the shock to you, but this is the hope for you. And this shows the magnificent glory, power, love, and mercy of God. Because it is this God, the Son eternal, who departed heaven 2,000 years ago, to become a human being in order to be a perfect human sacrifice for the sins of God's people. And this Lord, this Son of God, departed his privileges and his glory with his Father in heaven and was formed by the Holy Spirit in the womb of his earthly chosen mother, where he was biologically dependent on her food and oxygen supply as he grew for nine months in her womb and was born in Bethlehem, a Jewish baby boy named Jesus, which is salvation of Yahweh. And he lived this life in this difficult life without much. He was hated and rejected, but he loved and he taught and he preached and he healed and he told the truth to people about God. And he lived every day, every second of his life, what no person has even come close to doing, which is live a perfect life. As the Bible states clearly, and it is required, his life was perfect. He never sinned, not one way, not even in his mind, though he was tempted in every way. And he pleased God and he lived a perfect life to be our perfect sacrifice given by God. This is the way of salvation given by God. God gave his son eternal to humanity to be a sacrifice for sinful humans. The perfect man on a cross treated as if he personally committed every sin 
ever committed by everyone who would believe in him. As the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah 53, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray from God. We have all turned to our own way in rebellion, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then God poured out his wrath on his eternal son and pour out that fury of all the offensiveness of our sin and the anger it caused God and poured it out on his perfect precious son and treated him as if he did all that all that sin so that God and his loving grace would treat us as if we had lived Jesus's perfect life this is salvation for mankind. My friend, if you're here and you're not a believer, know this. This is the way and this is the hope. You want to be right with God. You want to be forgiven of your sins. You want to have peace and you want to live with God and his kingdom forever. Well, then come to Christ because if you come to Christ in genuine faith, you can know this, that when this son of God, the creator of all things, entered into humanity, and at the age of about 33, was crucified one time, God was was punishing Jesus for your sin. And God, in his loving grace, treats you as if you lived Jesus' perfect life and credits you with his righteousness. And this sensational, supreme, impressive Son of God died And paid the penalty. And as he hung there, he said, it is finished. It is accomplished. To Telestai. My friend, if you're listening and you believe that Jesus is not enough to give you salvation, then please think again and think clearly. And don't listen to your assumptions or whatever some false teacher is telling you. Because the power and the greatness of Jesus Christ does not need your help to give you salvation. His crucifixion pays for sins, and his perfect life is your righteousness and justification. Come to him in faith, and he rose from the dead, and in his power defeated death, the weapon of Satan, to give eternal life to all who believe in him. That is some impressive power, grace, love from the greatest one who ever lived. And what is he doing now? the Son of God, the Lord Jesus. Well, as he did, and the Bible said, 40 40 days after his resurrection from the dead and training his disciples a little more, he ascended into heaven, and he is seated in heaven as the supreme one over all things. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn, the supreme one over all creation. He is the superior one. Why is Christ Jesus the supreme one over all creation, including you and me? Because he's the one that created it. So the creator is superior to the creation itself. So he is supreme over all things. He's the superior one. And furthermore, all things that are created, according to our passage, were made by the Son of God for the Son of God. He owns it all. It's his universe. 
It's all his. Every tree, every animal, every flower, every person, he is in control. He has believers, sheep, that are really his possession, but he owns the entire universe. Every star, every galaxy, every fish, everything is his. It's all for his glory. The universe is Christ-centered. The gospel is Christ-centered. Everything points to him. He is the epicenter for all things. He is the head of the church, not your pastor, certainly not me, not a priest, not the pope, not his mother, nor anyone. He is the head of the body of the church. He is Christ Jesus the Lord. He is the master. The name, the really the title Christ means anointed one, super king or messiah. He's the king of kings. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Matthew 28, 18. I have authority over all flesh to sovereignly give eternal life to whomever I'm pleased to give it. John 17, John 5. He can open your heart and give you life if he wants to. He can give you another 50 years of life if he wants to. He can end your life right now. He can heal you. He causes all things. He's the supreme one. And in everything, he would be preeminent, Paul writes, meaning first in rank. He has first place over everyone, everything, and all eternity, the highest rank. And this is God the Father's will, to make his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, known to be, which he is, and worshipped as the premier and preeminent one in the entire universe. And he will be worshipped by some people now who come to him in faith, hopefully you if you've not already, and all of humanity before they're judged by this judge who is Christ Jesus also, before they are judged where every person will be resurrected and will see him and bow a knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory and pleasure of God the Father. This is the Supreme One. Who is the greatest? Who is the most significant, most powerful, impressive, praiseworthy entity in the entire universe? The Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So after reading this resume of Christ, How should we respond? Well, I think it's pretty clear how we should respond, and that's between you and God. But if, as believers in Christ, it should motivate and compel us to worship him more aggressively and more deeply, not simply for his great work of salvation, which is monumental and his greatest work of all, but also to credit him and praise him for the work of creation and holding all things together and for being the preeminent one and the king of kings and lord of lords. He's not hanging on a cross. He's sitting on a throne, running and ruling the universe. And I believe, and I think it's clear that we should trust him more. After reading and thinking about these things, it makes us trust him more. He's sovereign over all things. There's not a day, second, moment in your life that's not under his control. He has every atom uh, under control. All the days marked out for his people were written in his book before one of them came to be. Nothing happens by accident. He either causes or allows and even prevents 
every situation that ever happens. No matter how difficult it is, even if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and uncertainty, loss, and pain, and maybe you're a missionary in some difficult country and you're all alone and you don't know if if God loves you, if he really cares, he does. He has it under control. Trust him with your life, not your flesh, with the Lord. And if you are an unbeliever, again, please, these words from the Bible are true. They are God's words. This is the hope for man. This is God's way of salvation. Please come to Christ Jesus in, in faith for forgiveness of sins, eternal life with God forever. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. The Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the most, infinitely most powerful talented, successful, significant, supreme, trustworthy, and impressive person or entity in the entire universe and all eternity. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you very much for listening. Spread the word.